Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright bullies from pulling the wall on us. Fighting and taking on all the plate to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and do their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. Uh, there seems to be a fair bit of uh, hatred uh, these days directed at big internet companies uh, with Facebook bearing the brunt of it. And uh, some of it, perhaps a lot of it, is for really good reasons. The company has done a ton of really bad stuff and should be called on it. Uh, but just because the company has done some really bad stuff, it doesn't mean that every bad thing that people claim about it is true or that we should shut off our brains and assume the worst possible reasons and motives for every single decision that it makes. And yet that seems to be how people react all the time. And uh, frankly, it's getting kind of annoying. Uh, for example, despite how often it is claimed that this is what is happening, Facebook does not actually sell your data. Uh, they do sell access to you via advertising based on the data that it collects about you, but that's not exactly the same thing. And any attempt at uh, uh, responding to the problematic aspects of, face, of, of what Facebook does by uh, misrepresenting it is not very helpful. I think figuring out how to deal with the problems of Facebook requires accurately understanding what the company does and what it does not do. And unfortunately, uh, it's in fairly short supply these days that you will have people uh, explaining to you what is actually happening and what is not actually happening. Uh, reporter Shoshana Bodinsky, who works for Gizmodo, has been reporting on social media and the much more bizarre, complex, and uh, I think sometimes fascinating world of internet advertising uh, for many years, uh, uh, and sometimes seems just as fed up as I am about how badly the public and unfortunately some of the media understands what's really going on with these sites. So uh, I thought it might be fun to talk about what everyone gets wrong about Facebook, uh, which is not in any way a defense of Facebook. Uh, but I hope that when we discuss what Facebook does wrong, it can be done so accurately. So, Shoshana, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. That is quite uh, quite the intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's yeah, no. You just you just open this up and you're just like, hey, I'm about to just dump everything. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> on these reporters. Yeah, I mean, I. I, yeah, I I, I, yes. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Wait. So let me let me let me kind of like rephrase that in kind of like a more polite way because I'm Canadian and I'm obsessed with like public public opinion. Uh, it's not that folks get things wrong necessarily. It's just that the company is deliberately misrepresenting a lot of their business practices to the public and to regulators. So they're working with kind of a not a full deck of cards. And the reporting that we see is kind of a, ref a reflection of that. Well, so like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, no, sorry. I mean, it's a good question, and it's it's a good way to sort of kick off this discussion. I think is you know how much of it is the the company itself misrepresenting things versus how much of it is that this is just really complex and 
it's too much work for most people and you know and not just the media but they're an easy target here um to just try and simplify it all down to something that that you know isn't accurate no, I mean, like, I, I'm a member of the media. Sure. So like, right. As I, am I. I. As am I. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, that's right, I forgot. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, so I think, you know, I think I think it can be both. But, like, here's an example. Uh, not that long ago, when WhatsApp, WhatsApp, this is the story I usually go back to, is kind of like a good example of this. WhatsApp rolled out, like, this privacy policy, and they tried to explain this, like, new kind of privacy policy that would involve some sort of data sharing with Facebook. Right. And the way that they described it was not incorrect, but they rolled it out largely as like a, it was like a mobile phone update. So it was like short enough that you could read it on a screen. It was like very <laughs> quippy. People freaked the heck out because it sounded like Facebook was like now reading your WhatsApp conversations when that wasn't the case at all. So like I have been using, I have like family that lives over in the Middle East. So I've been using WhatsApp to communicate with them for years. And I'm like, okay, I think I know what's actually going on here. And I called up my editor and I was like, it's going to take a few thousand words to explain, but I think I can do this. So I literally pulled an all nighter. And in the end, it was like 2,500 words. You cannot fit that on a phone screen. It took a long time to write all of that. But in the end, I had like a very, I had as clear of a picture as I could that like explained what kind of data sharing was actually going on here. And it was like, well, no, it's like a specific like subsection of WhatsApp and it's not every WhatsApp user and yada, yada, yada. There's so many kind of like caveats when you're talking about these sorts of things, like even sharing data, like some companies do it, but not every company and some companies do it a certain way. And talking about that gets very, I mean, it might be fascinating to somebody like you or me, but it gets very, I can tell you this, it gets very, very boring for most people very quickly, which is why you have movies like The Social Dilemma coming out, which you and I, I think that's like what we first bonded over. Yes, yes. We we have a, a, a shared distaste disdain (laughs) disdain yeah that might be it for 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 the social dilemma which again is is not that like you know i think that movie does present and and highlight some of the issues with social media today but it's very well produced oh yeah that's the guy from mad men in it yeah yeah but but also it's it's just it's extremely extraordinarily misleading and the the thing to me with the since we're going to go down this road to the social dilemma (laughs) the thing that's that struck me about is like you know the whole story that it talks about is is like how apparently these social media sites you know manipulate you into feeling one way and all i could think of through the whole movie is that the movie does this movie's manipulating it's misrepresenting things and just presenting misinformation in order to manipulate you somewhat successfully frankly because right I mean yeah it's not a social media problem it's a media problem (laughs) like yeah it's but I to your point uh, I think a lot of a, a lot of kind of the issue the 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 issues that people are getting wrong here well not wrong or the people that, the, the, sorry, hang on. Let me let me think of a good way to phrase this. Sure. The, a lot of what people aren't getting right is because they just they just don't understand how these companies make money for whatever reason, either because it's too complicated or right. they are given like full information. So what you end up having, like in the social dilemma, the way 
the way they kind of portrayed companies like Facebook, it, it, it doesn't make sense. Like they portrayed individual people being targeted like in this really kind of creepy, minute way when that isn't what happens at all. These companies are global, like multi-billion dollar behemoths. They don't have the time or resources <laughs> to track you individually. It's all algorithms doing it. There isn't like a single person watching your every move in the same way they aren't selling your individual data because that it would take too much time and too much money. They don't care about any of us, right. which is kind of the most disappointing <laughs> part of all of this, because when you start realizing how this stuff actually works, you start realizing, oh, I really am a little speck of dust in the greater <laughs> kind of global economy. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's I mean, I think it's natural to to feel that that the decisions of these sort of large complex businesses you know must have meaning and purpose behind them right. and, and the reality is that they don't and and so i i understand the nature in the in the same sense of just sort of like it's not it's it's you know it's it, it's not anthropomorphizing the 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 data or the the choices of the companies but it is it's it's sort of you know attributing uh, motives behind it that that aren't necessarily there. Right. Or it's saying, like, my news feed feels so, like, the ads that I'm seeing feel so targeted, they must be listening to my conversations right. on my phone, <laughs> which is something, which is a question that I've been fielding since the start of my career. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then I literally have to, I've, I've done this before, like, I will usually what I do in cases like that is like, I sit people down and I'm like, okay, why do you think they're listening to you? And they're like, well, I saw this ad, yada, yada. And then we go back and I'm like, okay, go through like your Google search history, go through like all the apps that you have on your phone. And people realize, oh, it's literally everything that I do online produces data. Right. So it's not just like a conversation that I had. It's who I am online. Yeah. That is yeah, and, and it's the sum of many, many parts. And also there are coincidences that happen as well. And like, oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, we miss all the ones that were, you know, where you talked about, you know, this coffee shop and you didn't immediately get an ad for that coffee shop because right, it's, that's, you know. It yeah, it's a, there's, oh God, there's a word in psych, there's some sort of bias in psychology, yeah. but yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I know about. exactly what you're talking about and I am blanking on what the, what the term is where, where it's, but yeah. it's, it's sort of, it is like a recency bias kind of thing. That, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I, I, there, there's like a term I'm, for it, but yeah. Be, bef before getting into journalism, I worked in neuroscience. Okay. So like I'm having a smash cut to one of my old classes and I'm just like sitting there <laughs> learning about all of this stuff. But yeah. Um, but I think uh, a lot of the work that I did back then informs what I do now because I'm, I'm very much like, what are like this, what are like the steps in data targeting? What are all of the different parts? Because I think about this stuff kind of like a weird, like kind of like a scientist would where I'm like, okay, stuff doesn't just happen like out of nowhere. Right. There's always like a series of events leading up to that targeted ad you're seeing on your screen. There's a, or like an algorithm being rolled out. Right. Or multiple algorithms. And I, or, or multiple <laughs> yeah. algorithms all rolling out at the same time. And I think um, because I think, you know, we mentioned this before, you start, before we start recording, the tech news cycle is so un unyielding there's so much stuff every single day that it can be really tough to kind of pick out patterns as they happen just because there's just so much to slog through so that's also why like i don't 
I don't blame people for being misinformed. It's, yeah. it's tough. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, gr- I mean, granted, I get annoyed a lot, <laughs> as I think you do. Yes. Well, I mean, it it depends on on sort of you know the the annoyance factor depends on on who it is who's saying it. Oh yeah. And, oh god, a hundred percent. And also how confident they are. <laughs> what that's that's why I mean the social dilemma. Everyone on that's. When as soon as I saw Tristan Harris on screen, I was instantly just like, "Here we go," <laughs> because Jesus Christ, there was definitely people that, again, what he said wasn't wrong. It, right. it was just very not correct. <laughs> I'm not trying- yeah, it's 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 like not technically wrong, but but incredibly misleading is is kind of the way right. I thought about it. Right. It, Right, exactly. And when, and as I, I think I like put out this like long thread as I was watching the movie because I was just slowly descending into insanity. But the big <laughs> reason, the big, the, my big issue with that film is that so many people, like people I know personally came away and they're just like, wow, I know how this stuff works and I know exactly how we might be able to regulate it. Like I know exactly, and I'm sure many lawmakers came away. They're just like, oh. Clearly, the early like policy folks in Washington came yeah. away saying, "Like, oh, this is what we should do." No. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Sorry. Go yeah. ahead. No, no. I I was just gonna make <laughs> angry noises. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 and it's incredible, you know. And it's like it's been over a year, I guess, since since that film came out, and um, and I still hear people, people still talking about it. I still it. hear people, people referencing still... it all the time, as if it was like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a very clear and, and accurate picture of, of what is going on. And that's, that's really, really frustrating. And, and, you know, and, and, well, I mean, you, you, (laughs) I mean, I don't really blame them because like, think about it. Like how often do we have like a major motion picture made about the business model of social? I think this, (laughs) this, this might've been like the first or one of the first and like it, for what, and like, it was really well produced. It did a really good job, like at saying what it wanted to say. And it had people that sounded reputable. It had fellow Shoshana, Shoshana Zuboff on screen who, (laughs) I have my own issues with, yes, but I have um, as well. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> in short, what the movie did is that it portrayed a lot of these issues as being with very specific companies and not with like the digital economy in general, right. which is the issue I have with Shoshana, the issue I have with Tristan Harris. Just everyone in that film, they all said, if you turn off your phone, you're turning off the problem. When no, right. that's not how it works. They made it sound like it's. They made it sound like it's some that that like it's something that's individual people's problem to solve. The same way a company like Coca Cola will say, "Oh, recycling is your problem, right, right," and like the environment is your problem. We can keep dumping toxic <laughs> stuff into the ocean. That's kind of like the analogy that I use in my head. Whenever people are like, "Oh, clearly tech policy is our problem to solve. We can change it ourselves." No, right, <laughs> that's right. not how policy works. Yeah, no, that's a, that's an interesting framing. I hadn't necessarily thought about that, but um, it did. It you know the thing that that got me about it is like these are really complex issues, and there are a lot of different moving parts. And and I know that like you know when it comes to like just the the online ad space in particular, you know I, I'm pretty sure you're the one who always presents that graphic <laughs> with like the million different oh yeah players in the in oh yeah in the ad space. <laughs> it- it looks like Pangea. Yeah. If you look at like the the int- if I mean if you, I I know nothing about the real world economy, but the digital economy, 
you have it's it's just economics you have buy side players you have sell side players you have a ton of like meat in the middle and you have it's a global operation with a ton of different regulations and rules depending on where you live and what country you're in so you have literally thousands and like tens of thousands of players like all across the globe right all feeding money into the internet and you're trying to turn that into it's it's not sexy it looks horrifying right. <laughs> so i can understand why that wouldn't make for good cinema but and, it's yeah. what's correct but and, and and the thing is like at least in my experience and and i you know you've spent even more time than i have certainly looking at this and i i've looked at it somewhat oh, barely. So, somewhat from the reporting side and somewhat from the business side because i i have to run a site that in the past has had advertising. We don't anymore. But uh, congrats. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was partly because of this being such a mess. We, we no longer have any advertising on the site, um, which is its own <laughs> issue. But that's um, yeah, fine. But, you know, the amazing thing to me is on any given day, I will get probably between two and five emails from advertising companies that I have never heard of, nobody has ever heard of, that oh, yeah. you know, that are a part of this crazy ad ecosystem and promise me that they can increase my yields. Uh, the fact that none of them these days seem to notice that we don't have any ads on the site at all is <laughs> kind of gives you a sense of how carefully they're, no. they're doing their due diligence. But, but th there's like a million little players in the middle that are all trying to like get some kind of edge and it's uh, it's, a, it's a mess. Well, I mean, they so they you know they do. There's this company that does. There's one of these middlemen does like a survey every year uh -huh. of all the companies. Turns out there's more than eight thousand in the U.S. alone. <laughs> so <laughs> well, that's the most recent number that I found. I, I think it, at and, least a third of them have contacted me. So. <laughs> no, and they all have like insane names. Like yeah. like Free Whale was one that I was just like reading about. I'm like okay, or like beeswax or whatever that this this is not to besmirch either of those companies right. i know the people there they're they're fine but like just like the the, na the names because there's thousands and thousands they start to get more bizarre right the deeper you go but the thing is a lot of these companies uh just in general they behave like they're kind of printing money because they are a right. lot of at least in my experience reporting on them they don't really need to back up the claims that they're making right. because people just naturally assume, oh, this is a tech company. They, Of course they know where the money goes. And yeah. publishers, like the folks that run websites, as you know, they often don't have the resources to yes. do like the due diligence to make sure they're actually not just printing fake money yeah. <laughs> and there's or, or, or lying <laughs> about it right i mean like or li or yeah. lying or committing fraud yeah. ad fraud is a huge problem uh i i, I mean and sorry i, I don't mean yeah. to cut you off but but like like no go ahead just, just from our end as as you know on the publishing side like you know when, when we were working with these partners and we've worked with a bunch of them it, it was it was purely on on faith and trust that you know, every month they would send us a check on on what we had earned, and we really had no way of knowing any of that. They they and and like the amounts would vary wild, just in in insane levels, uh, and you know it was not predictable in the slightest. And, oh, yeah. and I have no idea if that's because something changed or you know or some middleman is is taking all the money they owe us. So. No, I mean, like, there was this one study 
that came out of the UK last year in 2020. It was like the first. Uh, it was like the first major study that tried to really quantify where people's ad dollars go because they're just like, okay, clearly media buyers have no idea. Publishers don't know where the money's coming from. We're gonna try to solve this. So it was like this major uh, advertising body out of the UK, and clearly, like, even they, even this one study, like, isn't presenting a full picture because, again, digital advertising is a global operation with thousands right. of companies, and I think they only involved like a couple. And what they found is that 15% of the ad dollars they were tracking just vanished. 15%. (laughs) It's, yeah, they called it the unknown delta is what they called it. (laughs) And like, and they're like, okay, clearly, okay, we can see, you know, in digital advertising, there's like very specific middlemen. There's like demand side platforms and sell side platforms. They're like, okay, we can see this player taking this much and that player taking that much. And they're like, where's this 15% going? And they're just like, that's... But when you remember that digital advertising like takes in billions and billions of dollars every year, especially from tech behemoths like Facebook and Google who like have their entire empires built off of it, 15% is a lot of money. And the fact that... Imagine going to the bank and like asking for a dollar and they give you 85 cents. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why is that okay? Yeah. And the study came out and nobody really, I mean, people were like, that's weird. And then nobody talks about it ever again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's a part of me that wonders, like, you know, so the, like the, the, the famous line in advertising that, that people always bring up is this like, you know, I know that half of my my the, you know the money I spend on advertising doesn't work. I just don't know which half. <laughs> just don't know which half. Right, right. Right. You know, something along those lines. And so much of like really the last decade or or to the last fifteen years of the online advertising space is effectively a lot of these companies in the digital advertising space basically saying, you know, we're we're solving that right. We're we're adding computers to this, and and we can get you sort of like really important metrics about what is working and what is not. And I feel like, and maybe this is all emotionally based. So I don't know for sure, but I feel like <laughs> all of this stuff is emotional. That it's it's garbage, right? I mean, yeah. nobody knows. Nobody knows, and and all of it is just like you know, it, it's just moving stuff around and, 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 you know, hoping that something actually works and nobody knows what works. Well, that's why we're seeing, that's at least in, in my opinion, that's kind of why we're seeing like the rise of walled gardens, right? right. Like you see, we were talking about paywalls before. Part of the reason we're seeing the rise of paywalls is because people are like, okay, clearly we need to like create these like content fortresses. Right. That nobody can get in or out of because we need to like justify our uh, what's the word? We need to justify our value somehow right. because all the money is going to all of these players and like we need to set ourselves apart. So part of the re- yeah, I mean, there's various reasons that people are paywalling up, but that's one of them, I think. Yeah, um, I, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, they're they're the whole paywall. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a whole other, you know. It's that that's that's all that's a whole another backward because like it feels covering the space the way I do it feels like I'm biting a very specific hand because <laughs> at the end of the day like and I get this in the comments of nearly every story I write they're like why does your site have ads on it right. and I'm like yes I I, I I acknowledge that I'm part of the problem here but it's only because 
this is the way capitalism works online. <laughs> you you can't just opt out unless you want to be. I hate to use this example, but I I bring up Ted Kaczynski occasionally <laughs> because I will point. <laughs> no, because if you look at uh his lot. They, I, they, uh, the FBI, like, has his, like, log cabin, and uh-huh. you look at it, and you see this house of a person that, like, clearly did not interact with technology in any way. Right. And I'm like, sure, you could do that. Right. But <laughs> our, you saw what happened to that guy. <laughs> yes, yes. He's, like, he's, like, <laughs> yes. he's, like, kind of in a prison right now. So. <laughs> yes, 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 for, for, for doing some stuff. <laughs> yeah, just, 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 just some stuff. Some stuff. I mean, like, right, yes. no, I mean, like, I mean, like, no, I mean, like, no, no, he's he was a very, very bad man. Yes. But uh, whenever, but whenever I bring up, like people are just like, okay, like I will, because I usually uh, cover this stuff in the context of privacy. People are like, okay, how can I like really protect my devices online? And I'm like, throw them all into the ocean and live <laughs> in a cabin in Montana. That's really all you can do. And people are like, well, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, that's fine. You're right. allowed to live in society. But then the uh, the flip side of that is that companies will say, well, clearly, you know, if consumers aren't leave, aren't like not using our products, this clearly must be what they want. Right. Like you hear them say this, they're like, oh, consumers prefer targeted ads because like, well, they aren't using ad blockers when like, no, again, that's putting the responsibility on consumers when really more often than not, this is the world that they, this is the world that like I was born into. Right. Because like I'm a child of the 90s. So like for a lot of my life, a lot of especially like people that are younger than me, they don't have a choice. Right. And the, fa- and the fact that so many companies are saying like, oh, we gave them all the choices. When In fact, when you like investigate the choices that companies give us, more often than not, it's, it, it's kind of moot. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, to some extent, like this gets at, like I, I uh, and I, I apologize to listeners of the podcast if they feel like I've said this before, but I'm going to get into it again. But like, you know, I, I keep having this discussion when, when I talk about privacy and, and where I feel like everybody has a different conception of what privacy means. Oh, yeah. And that's also a big problem. Yeah. And, and so like part of my argument and, and nobody seems to agree with me. So feel free to tell me I'm wrong. But like my argument is that, you know, privacy is not like it's not a fixed thing which is what a lot of people think of which is like you should never do anything no. at all with my data no like my my sense is like privacy is about trade-offs it's always about trade-offs which right. is like i am giving you information in exchange for something and the you know and and so the the classic example that i use all the time and some people get mad about this but i'm going to use it again because i i like it is like going to the grocery store is i am giving up a a small amount of privacy because people might see me in the grocery store and might see what I'm putting in my shopping cart, might see what I am buying and, and recognize, you know, a few things, learn a few things about what it is. For me, that trade-off is totally worth it because I, I don't care what, what people think of what I'm buying in part. And also that like, you know, I am not a target <laughs> where like that information is, is can be used to, to to harm me. But for other people in other situations, that's very, very different. And for some people, it, like the trade off of, of, you know, having people know what they're buying is a problem. That's why like celebrities often don't go to, to grocery stores by themselves and have people buy stuff or buy stuff to be delivered or whatever. You know, like there are different privacy choices depending on what you're doing. And the the problem that we have with the internet, 
is that you know if I'm going to the grocery store, I can very quickly mentally calculate the 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 risk of of some of of that element of privacy coming back to harm me, and it's I to me it's it's close to nothing. But when mm. I'm doing stuff online, the, there's not enough transparency and there's exactly. not enough you clarity can't. for me to make that decision. And so that alone creates some level of discomfort, which is I don't know the privacy trade-off here enough to calculate mm. how, how at risk am I? And that's why like all the stories of like data breaches and, and other kinds of abuses get people upset because they're like, wait, I didn't agree to that. And I didn't realize that was on right. the table. And so right. to, to me, it's a sort of a transparency issue. No, I completely, I'm surprised people disagree with you on oh, that. Oh, you would not believe how No, are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, I mean, I, I can kind of believe it because a lot of privacy folks get mad at me too, even though I'm like, we're on the same yes, side yes. here. I agree this is bad. Yes. But like, uh, but like for example, uh, instead of, I usually frame it as like a, not, and not as like context specific, but I frame it in terms of choice. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can choose to go to the grocery store when I want. Right. I can't, if if I, like, for example, um, one of the first stories I wrote when I got to Giz was about this app that I downloaded in order to afford medication. Uh, it was this app called GoodRx. I think the company, I'm not sure if the company went public, but mm. either way, they made a ton of money. Okay. Um, <laughs> and the way that it worked was that it gave me like uh, discounts on prescription drugs, which is good because I need prescription drugs to survive as many people do. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have health insurance. So I was like, great. Technically I had a choice to download that app, but if the choice is between downloading an app or potentially dying, right. I am going to download the app. <laughs> right. So not long after I wrote that story, I like gave a talk, uh, this was during COVID, so it was like all virtual, but I was like talking at this like kind of like ad tech uh, meetup mm -hmm. because somebody invited me over there, which was a huge mistake on their part <laughs> uh, because I brought up that story and somebody like I, as I do in a lot of these types of stories, I did the work. Like I showed like the traffic flows and I'm like, okay, here's the data about my medication that's being shared with like advertising companies. And I'm like, I read this privacy policy like five times and it said like, oh, we're going to share your data with third parties. They did not say they were going to share medication information right. with like these specific ad companies. And I brought this up in this meeting and a guy there got very mad and he started yelling at me and he said you understood what you were downloading when you downloaded the app and you read that policy and i said sir i am telling you right here to your face that as a consumer here's how you could have been more clear right. and he just was not having it and i think you know to a large extent it's just denial after a while. Like at that point, if there's somebody staring you in the face and saying, this isn't okay. And you're saying, you don't know that's right. not okay. Like, and, and it's and, and, yeah. and not, not, not to push back on that. Not certainly not to take that guy's oh, wow. side, but, but like, <laughs> wow. But, but I, 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 you know, I think like there is an argument here. There that, is that, that like, uh, there's a legal argument well, yeah, because, sorry. Privacy policies are legal yes, agreements, yes. as you but, know. But there, there's, there is also the argument of like of, of the sheer complexity of all of that as well, right. which is like, you know, it's one thing to, you know, to say that we're sharing some data with third parties. It's another mm -hmm. to to get to the, the, the level of which data with which parties, in part because that could also change. Again, that's, that's not to right, defend it, right. but like they could 
be a lot more explicit about that and they should be a lot more mm. explicit about that and the fact that they're sort of hiding behind that complexity by saying no you understood that that's where mm. that's where it becomes bullshit right yeah. I mean, yeah 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 i no i'm i mean like granted the, the folks that i'm talking about like weren't from GoodRx. Sure. this was like a separate ad tech company right. but like I am sure that there's folks inside the company that looked over that privacy policy and said, yeah, that's good enough. Because at the end of the day, it, it just needs to be good enough yeah. because privacy policies. Yeah. I mean, that's, them. you know, somewhere, somewhere on TechTrip many, many years ago, <laughs> I, I'll have to find it. Like I, I had written this screed against privacy policies, you know, no, they're extremely bad. Yeah, it's, it's like the whole framework of privacy policies is stupid because they're not about protecting your privacy even though the framing of it is and everybody sees privacy policy oh that means they're protecting my privacy like no the entire framing of it is like they're creating a legal contract that limits their liability so like it makes sense for them to effectively say in every privacy policy that they're going to share everything with everybody because the only way you get in trouble is if you violate the, the policy that you put down so the more broadly you write the policy then the more protected you are and so we have this very strange incentive system in relying on privacy policies and enforcement of privacy policies as the only tool for, for effectively enforcing privacy that actually incentivizes companies to say that they're going to do everything they can with your data and give it to everybody. <laughs> You know, it, it. I I never thought about that, but that's bizarre. Right? I mean, that's, that's that is what? the structure of it, though. You know? Yeah, no, it is. And I think, uh, I mean, obviously, like, there's laws like the CCPA, but even those, they're not proactive, they're reactive. Right. You have to, you as, again, that's putting responsibilities on the consumer. You have to go in there and ask the company for your data and hope that they give it to you. Yeah. Like, technically, they have a legal obligation, but because our legal framework for what personal data means is so squishy... It can mean anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, which again, yeah, it's yeah, and, it's it's also context specific and time specific and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, and, and I mean, then the CCPA, which is California's <laughs> privacy law uh, for folks who don't live in this world, uh, like. <laughs> I mean, that was like written in like a three week period because of a whole bunch of, you know, political, <laughs> you know, lobbyists, yeah. lobbyists from these tech companies and in the ad industry fought so hard right. to like water it down and become basically in ineffectual. Yeah. And at the and, end of the day, you know, and, and all of the there, there were there were both strong arguments on both sides, both in favor of C CCPA and against it. Uh, and there were weak arguments on both sides, both in favor of it and against it. And and sort of what came out in the wash has been this sort of messy, you know, uh, you know, junk. I you know I I think the CCPA has been kind of a, a stupid, you know, setup. Uh, and I well, they recently amended it. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. With the CP CPRA, I think I, is what I, it's called. I forget the acronym, but yes. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, but, no, because I wrote about it and I was just like, oh, this is great. It's going to become so much more robust and so many pri I had never gotten that much pushback from like fellow privacy advocates because they were just like, what? No, this is terrible. And it's in that moment, I realized uh, a lot of kind of the way I view because I view privacy as a problem per mainly between people and marketing companies, mm -hmm. whereas a, most people see privacy as a problem between you and the government. And it turns out yeah. that the CPRA kind of strengthened the kind of 
power that federal entities could have over personal data while winking marketing companies right. responsibility right well not yeah it's it's kind of complicated i'm sure you can find my piece on it uh i wrote it a long time ago but yeah but it's it, that kind of like was an eye-opener to me because i was just like oh my understanding of personal privacy is way different from yours yeah. <laughs> and it's just like but at the same time, it's like, especially, a, like, there was another story just this week about a, some I think it was the IRS that was relying on people's app data yes. in order to, yeah, that. you saw that. Yeah. There's, story, there's more and more stories about that. And I remember the first time a story like that came out, it was folks, like, at the border using app data to track migrants. I was like, holy cow. Like, yeah. The f- the federal government and marketing companies are just one in the same now. <laughs> it really is. It really it really is a wash. Yeah. So any hope for regulation that we have is gonna go bottom up. Well, it's it's you know I mean there and again there's like all sorts of of complexities here and just the fact that like you mm-hmm. know my conception of privacy is different than a whole bunch of people's and yours is and and mm-hmm. the other thing that that gets at gets to me in all of these discussions is like the privacy aspect of it also often conflicts with a whole bunch of other important regulatory oh all the time right and so like you know i've been totally frightened of of the fact that like many people look at privacy and issues around like say facebook and privacy and they effectively come to the conclusion what we need is for facebook to be better about privacy, which conceptually I agree with, but, yes. but but the mechanism for doing that or for having them do that is often like Facebook has to lock down your data more. And that I think is really problematic for like competition and for all of these other things that we know. Well, I mean, no, and no, and I mean, like, and Facebook thinks that too. Yes. It's like, it's like th- this, this, this is th- these are the arguments that like make me sound like a tech company stooge <laughs> because I'm just like, no, if you make walled gardens more walled, right. you're only going to make them more powerful. Right. Like that's how this works. Yes, it's it's the reason that rich companies only got richer during the pandemic when like <laughs> tens of thousands of people were laid off. Right. Like if you want that to happen on a global scale, sure. You can force tech companies to lock down their data. Yeah. But like, okay, here's here's the thing. I think fundamentally uh, the fact that there's like 8,000 plus ad tech companies, a lot of them are created just to be acquired. A lot of them like barely do anything at all. I think it's fundamentally stupid. Right. I think we can all agree on that. However, if I was a politician sitting in Washington right now, uh, what I would think is like, okay, technically, if I regulate these people's jobs away, there are countless small business owners that are going to be complaining to me personally that I destroy their livelihood, which is fundamentally true, and which is why Facebook says... There's the straw man argument that they always use is, oh, we support small business owners, which is true. Small businesses depend on Facebook to survive for uh, advertising. But the thing is, and if we regulate like with every new privacy regulation or with every new like pri- like apple's privacy update mm-hmm. yeah that that harms small businesses but like it those that's just one of those trade-offs right. and it's just like what what are people people often don't understand that privacy and the digital economy are very closely tied and you can't really touch one without having some outsized impact on the other 
Yeah. And yeah, that's that's the big issue. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I keep I, I mean, I sort of go back and forth on this a little bit because I keep saying like the fact that that privacy touches on all these other things and these other issues and like, you know, all of the, the sort of big issues that Section 230 that I cover, Section 230, <laughs> yeah. privacy, that's your competition. Thing. You know, there there are a bunch of these big issues, but but they all impact each other, and so like mm. that's both good and bad, right? So like you know, so there, there's an argument there that like you can't just like move the lever on one of them and assume it's not going to impact all the others. The, the problem then though is that 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 invites in this idea of like, well, let's regulate them all together, and and like. Just the sheer complexity of all of those different systems means that any attempt to regulate all of them as a single thing is going to be an absolute disaster <laughs> and create so much, you know, bad stuff as as a result. You know, so I, I'm I, I struggle a little bit with with how you look at at these different things, both recognizing that they all do impact each other, and that you know. There isn't one big sort of package regulation. Yeah, they're, they're I mean, that's what that's why you get movies to bring it all back to the social dilemma. Right. That's why you have, that's why you have movies like that that literally do pick, put levers on the screen and they're like, that's how this works. They are literally it's like that drill tweet where he's just like hitting the lever yes. that says racism on him. But, but that's the thing, like <laughs> and but but people have bought into it, right? I mean, like I, I think it, I they they bought into yeah. it because it's easy. Right. I mean, there it's was easy. there was you know just a few weeks ago there was somebody I'm not going to name because I'm I'm ninety percent sure I know who it was, but it's someone famous who who wrote this tweet that was literally like all this time Facebook had the the opportunity to turn down the extremism dial, and I was like that's not how it works. <laughs> There's no dial. <laughs> okay, yeah. so. So as so I've been so as somebody that's been going through the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Facebook documents yes. for these past few weeks, I can confirm there is no dial. Right. There is literally no dial. And for all of the very correct kind of arguments that Facebook should be putting its money where its mouth is when you talk about things like content yep. moderation, especially overseas. Yep. Uh, there's also the very real fact that like content moderation is expensive and it costs money and this is a company that has so many moving parts on so many like kind of you can't just turn racism down right. with a lever is what i'm trying to say i wish that you could yeah. and this company definitely could be putting more resources toward that but it's not in the form of a lever yeah yeah and, and it's like yeah and yeah. and and the fact is like they i mean like we can argue that that Facebook doesn't spend enough on this stuff, but they do spend a ton. Like the idea, like there is there is this this myth out there that they they don't do anything and they don't care at all, and that's mm -hmm. not not clearly not true. You know, I, I think they could right. do a lot better job. I think they could more effectively <laughs> allocate the resources that they do use. They could do a bunch of different mm -hmm. things, but like, you know, and and this gets back to another issue, and that we we had a podcast on this um, a few months ago, which is like, you know. A lot of this, not all of it, and I don't, I'm not trying to like take any of the responsibility away from Facebook, but like there is an underlying aspect of this. Some of this is just societal level problems that, oh, that, that yeah. like, which is what yeah. Facebook says. Yes, which is why, like, I, I put in that caveat. <laughs> I am, this is not repeating like Facebook's talking point, but there is some truth to it, right? And so, like, I, to me, I, I, I've been saying a lot lately, like, I would love it if there was some way, and I don't know if there is a way to do this, if you could break out, like, which of the problems that we're seeing 
are just societal level problems that like Facebook is now shining a light on that we now see that these always existed and these were always out there and we just didn't know them. Which of them are the problems that Facebook is exacerbating? Those are the ones that are important, but we don't have a distinction between that. And like, and also admittedly, and again, like I'm caveating this, I'm, this is not in support of Facebook, but like there are some things that Facebook does make better in the world. Like the ability for me no, to stay in true. touch with my family and friends around the globe is, is actually kind of, okay. kind of amazing. But how do we separate out which things, you know, which issues are which? And, and nobody seems okay. to want to do that. <laughs> sorry, no, sorry. I did. I didn't mean to interrupt, no, but I, I literally went on a, I went on a, one of the Gizmodo podcasts earlier this week to talk exactly okay. about this. Go for it. Uh, because uh, one of the co-hosts was just like, okay, we have a portal device, literally a face, like Facebook branded hardware in our house that my daughter uses to keep in touch with her grandma. And like I just mentioned, I use WhatsApp, a Facebook owned product to like talk with my family across the globe. That is inarguably a very good thing. And that's what kind of face, that's what Facebook prides itself on. Sure. However, it would be nice if we had a choice. Yes. We know that like Facebook monopolized the, the, the digital communications industry in really kind of gross ways over the years that are only now coming to light. So I think about this in terms of, of like a monopoly. Like you can feel terrible for using Facebook. God knows I do all the time. But like at the end of the day, it's, it's like that comic about living in a society right. while also <laughs> critiquing it. It's <laughs> like, how dare you own an iPhone, you capitalist pig, when like, no, it's not about that. It's the fact that we don't have choices yeah. about what we can use. When a company monopol when a company literally literally cannibalizes the entire digital ecosystem, consumers are robbed of choice and then they're told that it's their problem to create that choice themselves. I again, I know I'm kind of like harping on this point, but at the end of the day. <laughs> no, I I I, yeah. I I think it's a good one. I mean, I I I have I have issues with, 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 with calling it monopolizing because I don't. I, yeah. I, okay. Well, yeah, it's, it's semantics to some extent, but like, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean like in my coverage of WhatsApp in particular, it is literally a monopoly because they, pro and I think I like wrote about this not that long ago. Uh, part of the reason that I can't, use any other app to text my family in the Middle East is because like Facebook partnered with telcos right. there because That's, they had like, the money to that, partner. That is the, the, that. the one area that, that, that and, and I brought this up a bunch is like where, where Facebook has done like the, the free basics or, or whatever the zero ratings. That is, is insane. Wherever they've done those, like, absolutely. I totally agree. Those cases, that's clearly monopolization <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and people who yeah. only can access the internet through Facebook. That's a problem. Like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. But, but. Right, exactly. In, in in the U.S., it's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, and in other places, it's different as well. And, and but. Oh, right, but, yeah. right, right. But I, I, there, there is this element of like, you know, Facebook is trying to, and, and this fits into the whole meta nonsense, like they're, they're <laughs> trying to eat the open web alive, right? I mean, like. Yeah. In, in Facebook's ideal world, the internet would be Facebook. And, and I, you know, I think it's important to keep reminding people that Facebook is not the entire Internet, but Facebook wants it to be, you know. And, and so mm -hmm. there, there is that element of, you know, how do you balance those those two sort of competing factors, which is like, you know, so many of the sort of like regulatory attempts are trying to regulate the uh, the entire Internet as if it was Facebook. And that's not true. And yet might become the self-fulfilling prophecy, because if you regulate it that way, then only Facebook will be able to to still be around. Um, but I, I do have problems in, in where where they've partnered with telcos and made it made it so. Um, 
it's I mean God, I mean God knows you're more familiar with the regulatory <laughs> space than I am. I do not follow sp- free speech stuff because right. whenever I wade into there, people start yelling, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> like I, I apologize on behalf of the the free speech law Twitter. <laughs> the, 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 the section two thirty people like yes. my uh my my direct editor and our, our senior reporter Del Cameron. He's he, they're like the two thirty experts. So right. whenever that comes up, I immediately am just like, you guys handle this. <laughs> I cannot. It's just so like like people say privacy is complicated. I think section two thirty because <laughs> section two thirty is like emotional and yes, complicated. Yeah. <laughs> Private with privacy, you can be like, okay, these are apps. These are like specific discrete entities when you talk about free speech it's like oh yeah. what does that even mean yeah yeah there's 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 all sorts of stuff though though i i should know it i'll probably i'm assuming i'm going to be doing a podcast on this at some point but i just got today this this book i'm holding it up nobody who's listening to the podcast can see it. it's this massive oh. book on like literally that is huge on the history of free speech like going back to ancient Ooh. times, it looks fascinating. I'm I'm really excited to read it. And, that is a brick of a yeah, book, and I'm I am assuming that I'm going to try and get the author on the podcast at some point. So a, a teaser for people listening. Um, but it, it's like yeah, free speech is is really really complicated, and it's one of those subjects. I mean, I think it's true to some extent of almost all of these subjects where people have a sort of mm-hmm. mental picture of what they think the world should be, and often a lot of the the fights are over the fact that the world is not the way they think it is and what you right. what you think is free speech or what you think is privacy or what you think is how content moderation should work is not the way it really works and there are often reasons why the world is not that way and and some of those reasons might make sense but they're they may be more complex than than sort of the simplistic understanding of these things right because a lot of what people want, and this is why I always say reporting on privacy turned me into like a socialist, is because a lot of a lot of what people want out of like a truly private internet like isn't possible under yeah. capitalism. They're like, oh, I don't want ads, I don't want trackers, and I'm just like, yeah. that's then you're going to get nothing but paywalls. Like that's the kind of trade off you have there. I, I mean, I, I have an argument for how you could get get rid yeah, of yeah, ads yeah, yeah. With, without with and, and keep capitalism. In let's some sense. but let's, let's hear let's, it. We've, we no. have talked a long time, and I think that's a different that's a different podcast and yeah. a different a different. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah, yeah. I mean, like I mean, like granted, like I like that. That's like really kind of simplistic. Yeah. But like, yeah. But a lot. But but a lot of the times, I'm just like, yeah. Like the reason that Facebook is bad isn't because it's an evil company with evil intentions. It's like it's a company that wants to make money, yes. and it's going to be driven by whatever makes money. And it just so happens these really vile practices are really profitable. So maybe we should be talking about that yes. instead well, I mean, of trying to... Yeah, and yeah. there's there's like all sorts of... Again, like I could go way off on all different tangents, but it's like, you know, th- there's an argument, and I've brought this up in the past too. It's just like, how much of this is like the fact that, you know, every three months, these companies have to report, you know, earnings and growth to Wall Street, and then Wall Street gives them instant reaction <laughs> to whether or not that is good or bad, and that uh, that influences their access to capital as well. And and like, I think there is a uh, you know there, part of the problem is the way Wall Street is structured, which is oh, that yeah. is oh. that is that that the problem is capitalism or the way that, that we've structured it with with Wall Street. And again, now we're getting way off topic. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Any, anyway, anyway, the in in short and like granted, I'm. 
I've I've been like in this space for about three years, uh-huh. so I'm still kind of getting my footing. Wall Street is something I need to read a <laughs> lot more about. Yeah, because because yeah, because right now I'm just at the point where I'm like, oh, all money is bad, <laughs> and it's just like, no. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, but I do think a lot of the problems uh, on the internet are kind of boil down to the money-making system is dominated by a very small subset of people. And it's always been designed that way. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I might push back on that a little bit, but, but again, yeah. like, I, I, but, yeah. I, I think, I think, I think the underlying point, which, which I do agree with, which is not quite what you're saying, but I'm going to rephrase it yeah. and then you can yell yeah, at me yeah, if yeah, I yeah, get yeah. it wrong. Yeah, is, yeah, you is, get it. Is that the, the incentive structure is screwed up. And, and, there we go. And, that's that's a much better way of putting it. And and if we could build a better incentive structure, then then maybe we could get at some of these issues. And right now, just structurally, overall, there are a whole bunch of incentives that are leading things in in ways that that are you know problematic for for the public. And that's that's sort of my there take on it. And and I think that yeah. there are ways to fix that. Um, that are that are different than the way most people do. But again, that is a whole different different discussion and a whole different podcast. And I, I yeah, go ahead. No, sorry, I was gonna say I love how it took us an hour for me to get to like the part where like we actually disagree. On no, something. no, it's 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 good. It's good. I mean, it's I think it's yeah. it's an interesting and an important discussion, but. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's it's uh it's clear because like um I'm kind of like a radicalist in some ways, but I'm also very much the part where like a lot of privacy advocates kind of push back against me is because I'm very much like kind of like a middle ground where I'm just like <laughs> some of this has to stay the same, otherwise every digital outlet crumbles to the right. ground and I don't have a job, <laughs> and then people are like. <laughs> right, which yeah. right, which is why I, again biting a very specific hand. Yeah, uh, yeah. but the, but. Yeah, but there's but there's other cases where I'm just like ah, oh, pitchforks, fire, brimstone, <laughs> and and, of- and I think that's natural. And I sort of I go through that same <laughs> that same sort of phase, and and like, but but like the key thing to me at least is like, we we really have to understand the underlying structures, and like what yeah. makes those incentives be there, and not assume the very very simplistic version of like. Mark Zuckerberg, the racism is, lover, yeah, or, or 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 whatever. Like, there, there's all different ways of, of simplifying it down to, to a way that is that is unfair and then not helpful in terms of actually coming up with solutions and like how do we structure a better incentive system, which which is uh, you know which is I think a really interesting discussion. But we, we have someone should write a book. Yeah, I, I I have a proposal on that, but but so far no interest. <laughs> what? What? Uh, well, I'm shocked. Uh, anyways, yes. I mean, anyway. if, if part of that that book is basically like the publishing industry should not exist, uh, so <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> anyways, gosh, really? As uh, we'll, we'll use that to as a point to conclude on for the recording of the podcast. Um, but uh, this was a very fun discussion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you for for taking the time. I know you have a very busy schedule because. Uh, the news never stops. Uh, what was the sorry? What was the phrase again that your editor had? Oh, uh, too many news. Too many news. Yes. Too, too many news. Too many news is is, uh, is what we've been saying as the Facebook papers continue yes. to leak. Well, uh, but thank you for taking a break from too many news to 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 join me on the podcast <laughs> to, to discuss all this, uh, and, um, and and we'll have to have you back again because this was this was a fun discussion. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, always happy to chat. Cool. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening as well. And we'll be back next week. Hey.
grab a shovel and dig up the tap. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tap. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get.